politics, religion, politics, philosophy, and science. You will be challenged. You will question everything you thought you believed. Prepare to be. We're in trouble, guys. We said something, and we we had some pushback. <laughs> <laughs> in case you don't know who I am, uh, I am your host, Thomas, and I've got Eli and JJ back with me. And hey, hey. we have had some pushback from a previous guest, Pastor Will, uh, and he's back with us today. We're going to talk about it. What, how you doing, Will? I'm doing swell. How are you guys? Living life. I'm chipper. I'm half Pfizer. Feeling good. Feeling good. You're half Pfizer. Half Pfizer. I'm gonna get. I think I don't know which one I'm getting. I think I'm getting it this week. I'm I'm Team Moderna. How's J and J? Like my moniker. Oh, you're. All, that's weird. J J oh, J got the J and J. That is really strange. J and J Music Factory. Yeah, and 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 we should form our own little uh, scientific community to compare and contrast. So. I'm going to have to ask Eli to travel to London to get the AstraZeneca. <laughs> I want the Russian vaccine. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> or the Sinovac. Go to, go to Shanghai. That... How's your guys' 5G running? <laughs> that vaccine. You know, I just got a 5G phone, and I've not had any of the symptoms that I had back whenever I got sick last year. Ah, I think okay. they're not related, possibly. <laughs> right. Well, anyways, let's let's so, get into like the quote because Eli said something yeah. and got in trouble. Go ahead and come up a little bit, Eli. Hey. You're soft. Yeah, I'm soft. subtle. Before before Pliable. we get into this, I also want to reiterate that multiple times I said I am not upset. <laughs> so, so, it, so this isn't this it, isn't like dude, the three a.m. Rush Limbaugh it, caller it, coming in and. But it makes more whatever. entertaining comment when you're upset. If oh, I don't get a quality okay. diatribe out of you, I'm going to be very disappointed. This oh. makes me Rush Limbaugh in this equation, and I love that. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I can't do a Rush Limbaugh impression. I can do an Alex Jones impression, though. I don't know who I'd rather be, <laughs> actually. Uh, that's, that's not a, man, I'd we almost don't, rather you be don't, dead we don't want to know the answer to that. We don't want to know the answer of which one you'd have, you would, would you rather be, let's not go <laughs> would there. Would you rather, anyway. no, not that question. I would rather, yeah. have, I, I would rather have Rush's money. <laughs> <laughs> Does that include his drug cartel? Oh, interesting. Oh. <laughs> After the show, you'll have to fill me in on that one. I'm not familiar. Oh, man. They kept that pretty hush-hush. Um, but, yeah, we'll talk about I'm it I'm not later. surprised that this is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, what did you say, Eli? I, I don't know. Can you pull the direct quote? Like, I, I've been trying to remember what exactly I said, and I've had a hard time with it. Yeah, um, yeah I actually had to I actually had to pause and go back to make sure, because I didn't want to, to just throw a, a, a bad uh Do you got quote, a timestamp you know. on that? I didn't have a timestamp, but it was about 
but around five it minutes before the, the end. end. He, yeah, it was right, uh, right. He, he, I knew when he was listening because he commented on my Facebook page and said, in quotes, with anyone involved in evangelicalism, your mental health is going to be compromised. And then the next quote is, for sure, which is what I said apparently in response. I actually don't remember the comment, but um, that does sound like something I would say. Yeah, and in all fairness to you guys, that's that that right there is taken out of context. You guys were talking about the uh, the moron shooter from um, uh, Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta, who who uh, who is getting police help apparently trying to convince everybody that it's not a hate crime, that it's a sex addiction thing, which. If, if, even if, even if we're going to grant that argument, you've got to, you've then got to ask him why he's associating sexual addiction with three very clearly Asian oriented establishments. So there's still a racial, race, racial component, even if not straight up racist, but even that, I I would still even uh, debate that. Anyway, you guys were discussing that. I went back and listened. I want to say I went back and listened to it and really thought that we didn't give an even handedness uh, e- uh, enough of an even hand to the fact that racism was an inextricable part of this. I felt like I put a little too much effort last week into trying to extricate race out of the equation myself because I I was concerned about an overfocus. Mm-hmm. But I think I was trying to compensate for that too well, much, and and there there could be different forms that you know racism can take. So you know, you can have just general hatred towards Asian people, um, and then of course we did mention last week the fetishization, which he did frequent those places. Um, yeah, you got it. Yeah, I did. Do and it. I, I got it liked, this time. I like the theory. The theory you guys um, uh, basically. I don't think you guys had. had said this is our theory but basically the idea that he perhaps was using these websites expecting to get a happy ending and right. it's just as likely that his response was in frustration of not getting a happy ending it's true as much as it, the possibility that maybe he had got one or two and guilty. that just yeah felt guilty honestly i think the the dear penthouse moments don't happen anywhere near as often as the pornographic literature would lead you to believe. I, I honestly, I, I did not do the research JJ did. JJ did a, a lot of really uh, helpful, effective research on the, that particular website last week. I haven't gone into that, but I'm willing to bet that almost all of that is fan fiction. That's There's a lot of it out there. There's a lot of it out there. It, it's there is so much I'm fan not, fiction not all, in the internet yeah, yeah, and, and i'm not saying th- that the entire website is nothing but lies but i gosh i it, i mean the fact that it's paid is kind of iffy <laughs> you have to yeah, pay to get access to it paywall just to read uh customer reviews right you know they have the, the same kind of paywall behind those you know lonely housewife wants to fuck within five miles here. <laughs> right yeah, that, I mean, I, I kind of still that there's fake material out there like this, right? I I kind of still feel like there there probably was, um, kind of like we had sort of concluded, you know, just the the fact that he probably did have some sexual related issues, and it's possible that 
race could have factored into that, but I don't see it as like the same kind of a race hate crime that, you know, we're seeing um, in response to people hating Chinese people over the coronavirus. Mm. Um, I think that's a very different kind of motivation behind that. Uh, It's not like a fetishization. It's more of just a, uh, you know, a pure violent hatred. Well, there's there's a joke in the seminary crowd that you put 10 theologians in a room and you get 11 distinct opinions. Yeah. Um, yeah. Racism can, can probably be the same. True. I mean, there's one of, part of my awakening over the last decade or so has, has really been to try to, to, to realize that ra- I, I, I got to be careful how I word this. A lot of times white people, and, and I, I am white people, a, uh, a lot of times white people are, are truly afraid of being called racist because in our minds, it's, it's a, it's a zero sum game. It's either, either you're a loving non-racist person or you're a KKK <laughs> night rider with a, with a torch in your hand. And one of the things I've realized is that between those two extremes, there are 50,000 shades of gray. Mm-hmm. And one of the like, like for me, um, I can, I can, I believe that I can say that I am not racist. If by racist you mean active belief that your race is superior to others, or that any particular race is inferior to others. Right. However, I believe that I have a plethora of blind spots, just because of my my per own personal life experience being uh, being a, a white man coming from a small rural town that is almost right. monochromatic it's now co- and in an covert inter- racist behavior yeah yeah well and and, and now as a uh, in in an interracial marriage i mean just i've been able to see a lot of my blind spots that i just wasn't aware of before mm-hmm I think that there are different categories of racism, too, and we can be participants in one category and not participants in another. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I think that we can participate in a system that is a racist system without ever having a more or less an iota of racial bigotry. Mm-hmm. I think racial bigotry is a category of racism, and systemic racism is its own category I think that racial bigots have a big part to play in the history of systemic racism, mm-hmm. but I think that they are two different types of problems. And actually, um, our current zeitgeist, where white people are afraid to be called racist, actually represents a pretty good development in the long stretch of things. Because if that's what we don't want to be labeled, then that says a lot about our values. We still have a ways to go until we match those values, but I think that's a good development. Whereas if you go back to like the 1850s, where uh, Abraham Lincoln is, is giving speeches against Stephen Douglas, where Abraham Lincoln rightfully is on, 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 uh, in, in our minds is, is, is a great uh, emancipator. He, he did, I mean, he wasn't perfect, but he did a lot of work to getting us to where we are today. But even he in those Stephen Douglas debates was saying things like, I by no means am denying the supremacy of the white race. And so Mm. 
we've gone, we, you know, we've, we've grown leaps and bounds from, from the days where even the heroes were white supremacists. Anyway, I did, think we've we've got off topic yeah, here. We did. The, the, I was going to say we this, uh, this, <laughs> this shooter, this shooter, we you know we don't really know his motives, but I think we all have a pretty good idea of a collection of the motives. And one of the factors that you guys were exploring, I think, totally fairly, was the influence of evangelical culture on his motivations, and that's where that quote uh, uh, flowered from. Mm -hmm. Right. Which kind of my take was uh, having not even really remembered the quote, I, I might have actually been kind of multitasking when he said it, but I, I kind of went with the sentiment that um, I, I don't disagree with, you know, the idea that evangelicalism can tend to lead to a lot of harm. Um, just, you know, based on the fundamentals of the, the core tenets of it. Uh, my belief is that that does generally lead to a lot of really toxic and harmful ideas. Um, the the specific verbiage um, of your mental health is going to be compromised. Um, that's maybe more specific than I'm willing to get. Um, I, I don't know if you're wanting to defend that or walk it back, Eli. I don't really know <laughs> what your take on that is. Um, I I wouldn't I wouldn't walk it back. I uh, and. I after the episode, as I thought about it more, is it a possibility that race was an issue at hand? Uh, yeah, it's a possibility. I highly doubt it was um, the, the main focus of what happened. Um, I think, according to the police interview, his, in his motive, it was solely to eliminate the temptation of going to these places. Yeah, but don't you guys find it even a little bit um, disturbing that the police just accepted his? Um, well, the police are probably racist. The the police are definitely racist. That's kind of a well. We don't know that that police <laughs> officer is personally racist um no but I, 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 I'm willing to, I i'm willing to offer a, a a theory and that is i think this is a, a blind spot situation i think a lot of times when we when we're dealing with somebody from our own camp and it, it all depends on on what the context is or what that mm -hmm. camp is when we're dealing from somebody from our own camp it, we have a hard time believing that that somebody from our camp can be capable of this so you end up searching for alternative or ulterior motives, and then you, you kind of latch on to something. So it's possible that this uh, police captain or sheriff or, or whoever he was, um, was latching on to the idea of it was a sex addiction because you'd have a hard time believing that a clean-cut, young, white, evangelical man could, could really do this because of any of those reasons, clean-cut, white, or evangelical. Whereas if he had, if that sheriff had arrested a guy named Muhammad, having done the exact same uh, crime, I am almost guaranteeing that that police officer is not wasting very much time trying to analyze his possible sex addiction or whether he was just having a bad right. day. I would assume that it's likely that the police officer would blame the religion of Islam. 
Yeah. <laughs> or at the yeah. very least, yeah, or at yeah. very least, they would discuss it as a possible factor. Right. Um. I. I certainly think that there's a a, a degree of tribalism that happens. Yeah. You know, people make those networks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, that's probably a big factor in it. Interestingly um, I, enough, interestingly enough, the the I agree with you guys about about the tribalism. For me, since since a certain person descended a golden escalator in 2015, I've actually been more critical of my tribe. I will put up, I, I, I will, I will, I will put up with more uh, divergent viewpoints from somebody who, who does not call themselves evangelical or conservative or, or fill in the blank than I would from somebody who claims to be all those things and is anathema to those things. Yeah, it's kind of like so, a clean, clean your I house I don't think thing. that's criticism. Yeah. That's not criticism. That's not? That's you. That's, that's, he just made the statement about empathy. You're talking about you have a, you'll have a tendency to be more understanding toward groups outside of your, your camp. Well, oh, yeah. And I mean, I, I'd say, yeah, I, 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 I at least extend more tolerance to divergent viewpoints. Do, when somebody claims to, to be an evangelical, to support evangelical, and then none of their values line up with that, or a lot of their values are antithetical to that, I, I've, I've got to point that out. Do you think that that well, might be like a form uh, of... I would like to know how that's working out for you. But do you think it might be like a form of puritanism? Like we're just, you know, it's... it's it your... depends on what you mean by puritanism. Purit- because when most people say Puritan, they think that means pure lifestyle. The actual Puritans, the the reason they had that term was because they were trying to purify the Church of England. Right. Well, that's kind of what I meant. Like, uh, like politically, you know, I know that like people on on the far left end of the spectrum tend to constantly eat their own and gatekeep. <laughs> uh, I've noticed that. Yeah, yeah. It, it, they really don't work together very well because no one lives up to the standard of their proper definition of less leftism. Um, mm. So that, you know, they pragmatically, they're not very effective politically uh, like the right, which can unanimously unite yeah. behind Donald Trump. <laughs> these things, these things go come in, in waves though, because like in, in the late sixties, early seventies, it was the exact opposite. It was right. the, it was the the conservative movements in America that were having more of a a uh, um, lo, you know fall into lockstep kind of kind of thing. Uh, to answer Eli's question, how is that working out for me? Uh, mixed bag. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't you, think, do you I don't actively? Think, do you actively I don't think I'm going to be able to. I don't. Th- oh yeah, I'm, I go to church, and uh, my church is we're so small, and we avoid political things, and we mm. have a. We have a black pastor and a few immigrants in church, so we're not. Well, that's cool. We've that's got cool. enough diversity in our tiny little church that that it keeps us a little more even keeled on some of these things. Yeah. I got to say this though: I've been afraid to give out my um, resume to to become a pastor again. I'm mm-hmm. just right now. I don't. I don't think I want to be a pastor in the current climate. It's just I'm my afraid to, for that. It, it's just. <laughs> And it's not the it's not the churches. I just don't think uh, the individuals with and sometimes it is the churches. Individuals within the church have been uh, have been swimming in a sea of Sean Hannity and and Stephen Crowder and Ben Shapiro for so long that if I come by presenting even something innocuous like a pro labor position. They're going to see that as me denying Christ. 
And yeah. It's disturbing. And, uh, you know, it sounds weird me saying I commend you for that. I uh, honestly, I think that's the best thing you can do. I think the best thing right now with the climate in it, that we're in is to literally avoid um, larger evangelical groups and things like that, like the plague. Like I, I like the to me, that's the problem. There's a level of religious supremacy in America that has um kind of really stepped into the political world and has become a big problem well, now my issue do? is uh like him if i would you... step into a smaller no, group i mean or... like if you believed that uh like these people believe that a lot a of the things question. that liberals do are doing are just as wrong as slavery was yes yeah well, that's isn't it worth the effort to end that like, wouldn't you want them to be stalwart against slavery if it were to come around again? Yeah. Not if it comprom compromises the the doctrine and the orthodox of of the Bible, and that's yeah. where well, that's where my problem has been. Well, uh, and that's slavery, why I stepped away from all of it. Yeah, it, it gets it gets really tricky because I, I've I've um, like if you analyze and we could talk about abortion sometime. I really don't think. If we're going to do abortion, we should probably do the whole show. But <laughs> yeah. the just as just as a Cliff Notes version, that one's the, going long. Yeah, just as just as a for a Cliff Notes version, if you believe that that abortion is murder, then it's not a gray issue. And if you believe that abortion is not murder, it's not a gray issue. If it's not murder, then it's it's no no different than having your gallbladder removed. And if it is murder, then it needs to stop. And so it, it, it yeah, it, it can be a, it can be real tricky ground discussing well, that. Well, people can agree and believe and express the value of it needing to stop. The, the issue is what they do to try and stop it. Well, if do you think John Brown was out of violence place? and uh, John Brown, uh, the uh, yeah. Harper's Ferry, uh, actually, yeah. hindsight of history. No, I don't. I think I think he uh, I, I think he he had some personal like, I think he had some personal delusions of grandeur, kind of an avenging angel, kind of a I, I think he saw himself as a character from the Book of Revelation. Some of those things I I, I, I would have some problems with, but no, trying to trying to uh, actively fight against slavery and trying to kick off the the uh, the the Civil War. I don't think he knew he thought he was kicking off the Civil War, but he trying to make slavery an issue that everybody has to think about, making it on the front page of the New York Times, uh, and by and 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 taking over the armory at Harper's Ferry to do it. No, history has vindicated him, in my opinion. I mean, welcome to the consequentialist group, Will. I'll get you a T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Throw that deontology out the window. That's trash. <laughs> um. No, but like. To Eli, like, do you think that John Henry was out of line? John Henry? Not necessarily, uh, but here's the thing. Not John Henry. What's his name? John Brown. John Brown, yeah. Oh, man. John my, Brown's body is moldering in the grave. How John Henry was uh, my kid's English lesson today. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm but, not sure. Uh, That's That could go here or there. I'm, you know, I support... Uh, mysticism but i don't uh, I, support uh, i've also got orthodoxy that leads to uh, 
I'm I've saying also, I've also got to say if if you take if you put me in 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 the DeLorean and you <laughs> take me back I'm not saying how I would be in the 1850s but if you actually take me as with all my current political views and put me in the 18, 1850s and then I experience Harper's Ferry right then right there as I'm reading the New York Times it's not cut and dry that's something that's that's I would have to wrestle with for quite a while to to try to come wrap my mind around whether it was a good thing he did or not yeah but see he, this is not something that i've spent enough time well on. i'm just saying i can't well I can't he thought a... he needed to go to that extreme mm-hmm. because slavery was that important to him and we can sympathize if not empathize with that sense of commitment to the you know your fundamental beliefs if if we're willing to do that for john brown whether we agree with his action, you know, morally or not, we should extend sympathy to the people that believe that abortion is such a heinous crime that they should go to X lengths to stop it. Because it feels the same. It does. And that's kind of how I felt when I was, you know, pro-life growing up. Mm. I, I, don't think, I don't think murder condones murder. And there you go. And that's what I was about See? to say. Even even uh, currently sitting as the perhaps the only pro-life person on the panel, um, I, I would say that there's a clear hedge. And if the reason we're against abortion is that it is murder, then we can't go to – that's got to be the line we absolutely cannot cross. Now, um, it, you probably know Thomas has seen me argue with people on Facebook. I'm a Singarian pro-abortion advocate Mm -hmm. like i am aggressively pro-abortion pro-abortion or pro-choice pro-abortion so you actually believe that the the actual surgery is a good thing in many cases i think it's a statistically reasonable belief Hmm. and i don't think that it's murder in any case like i think that abortion should be normalized yeah, but what about what about um, little girls in in the early '80s that were born in China, and they were aborted a few days after they were born? I don't believe that abortion should be normalized. Well, th- for that, yeah, I think Government I draw Wait, I draw a hedge. <laughs> Hang on, that's a different question. That's not abortion. I draw is it? a hedge at that because oh. the reason I define like when I assign moral value to a fetus is when it attains a status of personhood. I think that happens after birth, but I think that we as a society, we hedge things and make rules to hedge things right. to prevent harm in a statistical mm-hmm. sense. There's got to be a if line If we draw somewhere. the line at delivery, <laughs> we have always drawn a safe hedge. Right. Let's put a pin in this. I actually... I, I, yeah, I, I was about to, to say, can we bring it back go, in a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> I want us to go to this place at some point. I think... I think we actually have the makeup of a good panel that we can do this without screaming at each other and trying to destroy each other. But yeah, mm-hmm. th- th- we're, we're looking at a two and a half hour podcast right now if we keep going <laughs> on our, our current trajectory. Right. So specifically, could you can you go into what exactly the problem with my statement was? Oh, is I, I just honestly, I think it was... Um, it was just poorly 
constructed, which I would, you know, it's right at the end of a podcast. You guys are winding up. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not faulting anybody for it. It just, it was, it had a, a universal uh, flare, flavor to it that I didn't think was fair. Because if your statement um, stands, then I have mental health issues that are, are guaranteed. I can't escape them because I'm an evangelical. I'm not saying I don't have mental health issues. I don't believe I do, but uh, I might. You know, you, you get a professional with me in a room, they might do some, some uh, prodding around. I might have some issues, but the, your statement, if left to stand unchallenged, would, would mean that I de facto have mental health issues because I'm an evangelical. Why do you feel the need to identify as evangelical? Um, well, first of all, I, the evangelical is starting to become one of those terms because fundamentalist back in the early uh, mm -hmm. 20th century, I would have been fine with fundamentalist the way it was originally defined as just somebody who agrees with the fundamentals of the faith. And then Billy Graham was the one that actually switched to using mm -hmm. the term evangelical instead of fundamentalism, fundamental, because fundamentalists then started to represent people that were going to extremes, which I find ironic because that's going beyond fundamentals. Uh, they they were they were starting to make things fundamentals that weren't. Evangelical is as as almost crossed that line of of usefulness, where we almost need to come up with another term to describe what we are, because now evangelical has taken on kind of a political ramification. That is Let's, just completely yeah. unfortunate. Let's like really hash out what that term means to you and what it means to me. Like what, what does to that me, term mean to you? To me, evangelical, I mean, it, it, uh, let's nerd out for a second. It comes from the Greek, uh, evangel, evangelion, uh, mm -hmm. the good news or, or the bringing of good news or bringer of good news, depending on the context. Um, mm -hmm. the, so the, to be an evangelical, you've got to believe that the message of Christ is good news, that though we are sinful and in deserving of punishment, that through Christ, specifically through his shedding of blood and then his conquering of death at the resurrection, that through, uh, through, through him and his acts, that we now have the opportunity to be saved from that judgment and we should bring the good news. We should be the evangel. We should be the one who, to bring the good news. Right. And that's where I would stop. As far as throwing in all the other political stuff that, that now gets lumped together with evangelical, I don't think we need I to. I would leave most of that out. Uh, I, would, I would leave most of that out. Like I, well, I, I don't think you can at this point. Hmm. I do. We can't. <laughs> uh, well, you can. You can. Does society. You don't what's have the, to. Yeah. What, what's the common usage? Of evangelical today, Will. let's look at some of the he the leading it, voices. It depends. Of it, it depends if you're talking to an evangelical or not. Most of the people I belong to a, a Facebook group called the Baptist Review, and as you could guess, it's a bunch of Baptists. And when we use terms like that, we really are talking about we we use the term evangelical to contrast ourselves with liberal theologians, and we don't mean liberal in terms of voting Democrat. We mean as a uh, a, a, a overall philosophy of how you interpret scripture. Mm -hmm. And so, but if you're watching MSNBC or Fox News and they use evangelical, they're talking about a voting block. Now, what about the voting block of evangelicals? How would they describe themselves? Well, 
it's it's a, a lot of overlapping and are they big enough there. for that to matter unfortunately yes the evangelical voting block is is um, can swing elections yeah. and i think one of the fears of the of the of the republicans is that at some point they're going to lose the evangelical voting block because we're going to fracture because Go. we the, the i a lot of people the, my my earlier definition of evangelical the 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 theological implications and our uh, mandate to spread that that message a lot of black christians fit that um definition easily and also do not fit an evangelical voting block right. and in fact i've i've told my wife when when we moved to kansas city which maybe soon it may be a decade from now we're not sure but if, at some point we're going to move to the city she grew up uh, in in much larger cities in the Philippines and in our little town here is is it's not her anyway. <laughs> getting off on a subject here, we're going to move back to the city. I honestly, I honestly will will look at black churches first. I just these days I feel more comfortable in black churches, not because I am black. I would obviously stick out like a sore thumb, but because in my experience lately, and lately I mean the last five or six years, black. Black evangelical leaders, in my opinion, have taken the lead in terms of actual moral and theological leadership and at the same time not getting rid of justice issues just because they don't fit with the conservative political mind frame. And so our black black leaders are, are the ones that are leading in terms of theology and justice, and and that's why lately I feel more comfortable in in, in that uh, that that realm. I, I think you're. I mean, like there's there is often made a distinction um, when you know politically talking about evangelicals. We often make the distinction of white evangelicals because uh, you're right. Mm-hmm. There is there is a, that's fair. Um, but what kind of got me thinking there was, and while I don't know if I can personally go as far with the verbiage or the implication of mental health um just your description of evangelicalism you know the belief that that we're you know basically damned um to burn for an eternity like already we're starting off with a really toxic harmful idea um whether that actually causes people to become mentally you know unhealthy uh is another story which i mean it does but i don't think it necessarily has to in every case um but i think that there are a lot of elements to evangelicalism that are really toxic and really harmful to society as a whole so while i don't know if i go as far as you know the the specific terminology that eli used i don't entirely disagree with the sentiment We're, we're going to have to agree to disagree on that one then, because I, I think will I, I think it's an issue on of, this one. I think it's an issue of extremes, and I mean, if if anything, a lot. Of, I, I've been in the middle of debates where people talk about um, they'll bring up Christian murderers, mass leaders. And by the way, let's leave Hitler out of it. Hitler was his own <laughs> right, thing. That's an extreme. H- H- Hitler was some kind of combination of occult, Viking, Christian. Mixed. I just think he was a capitalist. But, but um, now, if, if you if you you can find it's easy mm-hmm. to find 
mass murder leaders who well, are Christians throughout history. I, I'm not, I wouldn't you even can go also to, throw out Stalin. I wouldn't even go to as, quite as an, as an atheist. I, I wouldn't even go quite to that extreme though. Like just in general, toxic or harmful ideas. Like I literally don't know any evangelicals who have what. I think would be, you know, or what I would consider a healthy mindset about sexuality, um, just because of that. That's like a kind of a tenet. It's it's a requirement to have a certain structure of belief around sexuality based on that idea. And the ones that don't align with that thinking um, basically aren't practicing it, or they're just not following evangelicalism. So it. I feel like there's a bridge that that has to be built between making that claim and then saying that since that is let's assume for the with this, for will's sake let's assume that that we can just say that that is true mm-hmm. that this belief is toxic belief x is toxic if belief x is toxic and people that hold toxic beliefs are mentally ill the, right, then belief x is mentally ill that's is, where is I, a bridge that i, I can't don't know cross that, we can that build. bridge i can't cross the mentally ill part but i can say you know that these are unhealthy well okay first of all i think the way i phrased that was i think was how i started that thing so first of all it was based off of my opinion sure the second thing was that i made the statement that if you're in that if you're within an evangelical system you're more than likely going to end up mentally unstable I don't know that okay. that's the case. I never, I don't uh, believe I, that yeah. I ever said the term mentally ill. Okay. Uh, we, because they, mentally ill. No, I don't think he What's used the that difference term. between mental illness and mental instability? I would say that mental instability leads to mental illness. It's a stepping so stone. So it's only in different between. in degree. Wait, well, just to, to yeah. clarify, Eli, was your opinion that it necessarily leads to mental instability or that it can? I would say I would say like almost always. Okay, so that's bold. That's Eventually. a strong claim. That's, that's a really strong claim. <laughs> I I mean I've spent a lot of time like I don't listening to people deconstruct their faith. But like it's I, like I Thomas and JJ. Yeah, whoa, but that's whoa, whoa. a self that, that's a self selecting crowd. The the crowd that that uh, that deconstruct their faith. That's a self selecting crowd. Not a whole lot of people have a healthy. Christian experience and then deconstruct. Right. And so the, the, the crowd of people who are going to deconstruct their faith, especially to, in order to leave it behind, that's statistically is going to be a crowd that's more likely going to, to be critical of Christianity and probably for good reasons. I think it's fair to say that like it can potentially lead to, you know, uh, mental unhealth. Um, yeah, the word potentially changes right, everything. It, it does, and I, th- I think that there is that potential. I think that I wouldn't go as far as to say unstable, but I would say a majority of people who follow evangelicalism have harmful ideas. Now, whether that degree of harm, you know, is quite to the extent that, you know, it becomes something considered, you know, a medical condition, that that I disagree with. But I, I, I would say that just you know by merit of the belief itself i think that it is harmful but that's again I, that is that's opinion uh, and you're going to disagree i got a monkey wrench for you yeah so there's a gene that people have and i think it's called the fox2 gene if this gene is expressed and a person 
received physical or sexual abuse when they were a child, there is a significant increase in the likelihood that they will commit a violent crime as an adult. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of that. Now, what would what would be an interesting question is to ask for people that hold beliefs X, is there a combination of genetic and epigenetic factors and belief X that would cause a statistically significant presence of harm in the future in the same way that abuse and the FOX2 gene are required to both be in play for there to be a significant deviation from the norm. That's a, like, that's an interesting way to come at it. You know, I, maybe I, there's a AB tab two epigenetic marker. And when it's expressed in chromosome one, people are more likely to kill after they ex have the experience of sinning. Then in that case, one could make an interesting argument that it is specifically belief X that contributed to this crime and not just mental illness. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, but I know, that's, that's I know of no I, thing like that. So that's, that's well, a, just because it's not proven. Well, yeah, but that's well, a, yeah. that fails that, to Russell's teapot. Well, yeah, that kind of goes back to like my position of I try not to believe things until there's evidence for it, which is why I don't believe in god for instance so that's uh, kind of <laughs> well and have see, to hold myself to the little, same standard there here's the thing and i can i think i can prove i think that i can prove that um w would you guys agree that um supremacist ideas are almost always potentially harmful and well almost always harmful i would even say just Let's just make it a general statement. Is supremacy ideologies harmful? I'll, I'll agree with that tentatively. Like, unless yeah, I'll, 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 I'll see where so it's developed. So let's talk about evangelism. <laughs> I'm intrigued. And let's talk about what, evangelicalism. Wait, what if I'm a consequentialist supremacist? And uh, it also depends, like, because the supreme I, I, version I, of morality. If you, if you say, if you say, like, somebody is is a, a white supremacist, for instance. That I honestly can't see how that could be healthy in any way, mm -hmm. uh, for for no other reason than because if for no other reason than because you're you're judging other people for factors they can't control. Okay, so let's Ooh. extend that a little further. Well, you can't control what race you're going to be. You can't. You that, also can't control a lot of that. Your Rachel Dolezal tried to. Rachel Dolezal tried to control what race she was, and she got. I think properly lambasted for it. We are literally going to have a podcast on that topic yeah. in uh, two weeks. Yep. Um, okay, but but that was really just a throwaway comment. Let me build my argument a little bit. Here. <laughs> the, no, it's the, on my radar. If you um, mine too. Well, I, and I've heard this this argument that that well, if you if you are an evangelical and you believe that uh, Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, John fourteen six, that that's a form of supremacy. Uh, I would say, sure, it's a form of supremacy in the same way that a spherical earth is a form of supremacy. If I believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, for me, that's a truth statement. I'm not saying that I am inherently better than those who disagree with me on this issue. Okay, so real quick. I'm saying that the idea is inherent, is better. Uh, real quick. And you can disagree with my ideas. Um, you, you mentioned race, which is, I think, a great analogy of, you know, just something you're, you believe you're superior to somebody else for something that they can't 
control. Yeah, let's right? be care- let's let's be careful with how we say it. I don't believe that. Right, right, right. Yeah, um, yeah. That would be what you know. Racial what supremacy would be. would believe. Yes. Now, <laughs> what about using that same kind of judgment towards somebody who can't help aspects of their sexuality? Because I think evangelicalism does do that. Like, like if somebody is, is a, a homosexual, for instance, to use that example, uh, gay, trans, uh, uh, sociosexually unrestricted. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of different things that wouldn't fit that strict, uh, you know, standard of Christian sexuality or you know, puritanical yeah, sex. Let, let me throw let me throw a little monkey wrench in here, but with the caveat that I'm not expressing my opinion. Just to be clear, sure. Um, the incel community believes they have a good argument. That that um, that basically what 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 uh, the re- part of the reason they're so angry is because they have all this sexual energy that they're not being able to express because gosh darn it none of the women want to have well me. but see the different the difference there is that you know for a homosexual person or a trans person that's about themselves and the incel mm-hmm. community is about other people not them yeah they, they believe I'm, other yeah. people owe them sex and that's not what the LGBTQ community does. They're yeah, just trying to, to lift out, themselves. Yeah, to back out of my monkey wrench hypothetical, yes, I agree with you there. That that that's the key. But the we need to be a, we need to have at least have the freedom to analyze these things, um, because because lazy argumentation is how and and that's that was where I was trying to get with, uh, get to is is uh, lazy argumentation would equivocate the incel community with the LGBT community right. and that, that, that would be, that would be a uh, uh, poor argumentation. It would, w- it would be a, a logical fallacy in my opinion to mm-hmm. equate those things. Right. But, but there are people out there that, that, that would still make that argument poorly. I agree. They would. Um, and they're wrong clearly because we just <laughs> demonstrated that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what about the, the point I'm making about evangelical, evangelicalism and its uh, attitudes towards sexuality well we've we had a, a a way too long podcast about this already i would encourage it was a good time yeah i know yeah i enjoyed it but you know it was one of those things where i looked down at the clock and was like oh my goodness <laughs> we, we we went to way too long i would encourage all of our um, all of our followers to go what was the name of it challenging a pastor on monogamy yeah. was that the uh, yeah yeah uh uh I think it was, yeah, something like that. It was uh, challenging a pastor on monogamy and uh, non-monogamy or something along those lines. Number nineteen, I remember that. Okay, uh, can I can I like come in and and swing on this subject a little bit? Yeah, because I feel like I feel like we're really like almost every time we come in with these other uh, comparisons, <laughs> and we're it, it's kind of it keeps leading us away from evangelicalism. I really want to beat up on evangelicalism. So here's what I want to get at. As a Christian and as an evangelical Christian, that that means that your main focus is that you are sharing the gospel. Evangelism is what evangelicals do. And so what we're supposed to do, but we don't do it very often. Yeah. Well, hmm. And that's where that this that's where things start to get murky because people have started using cultural identifiers to quote unquote preach the gospel. We can preach the gospel by wearing 
Christian t-shirts, right? We can preach the gospel by, yeah, there's a lot of different things. No, keep going. I want to hear your list. I'm going to much agree with all of it. People will put out Christian entertainment, and that preaches the gospel. There's tons and tons of things. Okay, well, here's the thing. As a Christian, according to the Bible, you know, Jesus is king. There's no higher God. There's actually no other gods. So mm. y- you automatically mm. now. Here's the thing: is as a I was Christian, about to say, you, you should you should read some Michael Heiser, like uh, the the um, um, when he talks about the divine council. The when the Bible talks about there being no other God, it's a qualitative statement. There's no other creator. There's no other Almighty. Okay, well, you can try to boil this down to semantics. That's fine. But here's the deal: as a Christian. You are, you are accepting that your belief structure is the only way to salvation, to heaven. Uh, I mean, we can, we can go down that long road, okay? Uh, I think you can uh, make a good, solid argument theologically that God only hears prayers from people who are Christians, and you're Baptist, so people who are either uh, saved or going to be saved. Uh, you know, there, there's so much. I really don't think I, you can make the attempt to say that evangelical Christianity has a pure form. But I would, I would even love to challenge your friend because I think that even in black evangelicalism, although I... I'm with you. I very much support so much of what black evangelicalism does. If there's anybody doing evangelicalism right, I I would point at them, right? But mm, there's so many things. There's so many Christian cultural things that get wrapped up in so much of Christianity and uh, evangelicalism is about identity that I find it really difficult that you can't not you know i can i can make this an individualist thing but it still somehow bleeds out into a cultural thing where uh it's a religious supremacy it's Christ, you know evangelical christians present themselves as like religious supreme uh supremacists the only standard and i would re- yeah like there's really there's no other way um, I mean, if we go, you could go through, we can go through Romans Road. And I don't even think there that. is one way. I, I just think that 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 conclusion doesn't even exist. So I'm outside. We're running into really hard problems. I, 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 guys, I'm. I got to defend my my worldview here for a second. The the um, I could absolutely be wrong about this, and I would welcome the discussion about whether I'm, I'm wrong about this. But it, to me, it's it's not an issue of of just making sure there's enough diversity and, oh, if you don't agree with me, I mean, if, if I was using some governmental power to take away your, your rights because you don't agree with me, that's a big issue. But from my world, from my perspective, um, it's an issue of truth. And there's not, there's only one way to breathe oxygen. For instance, you've got to breathe in through your mouth or nose and breathe out, uh, the, 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 uh, waste air. 
You, so, you, you can believe that you can breathe the oxygen by absorbing it through the water in your skin or, or, or by going out into outer space and flying around like Superman, but what? You, you can't. My, I, I, this is a, a, a terrible analogy, but my point is that, that the, the, it's all, all roads lead to heaven. The, and as, as far as I'm concerned, you, that, 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 that's a, a road to atheism. The, you the, are if making all roads lead to heaven, then none a of, difficult it argument. I'm, do you I'm, think, I'm making the argument poorly. No, it, it's a difficult one. Well, I mean, do you think that the Branch Davidians were Christian? No. I can't defend that. Do Did they believe that Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life? From what, from what I know Eventually, about Eventually, some of them did not. But is that the line? Like, what about the... Uh, uh, what was the sect that believed that Jesus never physically existed on the earth? The Moranians? The no. It was Moranius. Man, I can't remember that guy's name. Believe that Jesus never was physically incorporated. Yeah, there's, that there's he, a... There, and that well, he that was... was belief. He was sent to the earth by a different god than the god of the Old Testament. Oh, you're talking about Marcion. Yes. Yeah. Are those people Christian? Those people, yeah, that that's a great example. That I'd no, love to know what you think about no, that. No, they're not Christians. Christians. So no. they went to hell. They got it all fucked up. They're burning. Well, we're gonna have to save a podcast on on that because I. <laughs> well, I, like I agree with you. You know, and as far as your sentiment towards there is either truth or not truth, um, where I kind of a. Uh, I would much uh, rather have the argument about whether or not I'm right about Christ. Well, the, where, and that's that's kind of the first argument where I kind of see this um, being more relevant to Eli's where he was going with it was um, evangelicalism being the only standard to for everybody to live, and that's kind of the expectation for our society is to align with that moral uh, system, right? I. I I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I think the worldview I presented, as far as as uh, uh, you know, how everybody else should behave, kind of thing. I, I think I did a pretty good job when we've talked about the monogamy. Uh, yeah, uh, and you cause, did. Cause you you I, didn't I, think I believe, you should enforce that. that if, yeah, I believe that if if you have values, you should stick to those values and don't don't uh, uh, you know put put on kid gloves or or be a hypocrite about it. That being said. Just because you have a value doesn't mean that your neighbor has to have your value. Well, what it, it depends on what your value is. Um, like respecting yeah. other people should be a value yes. that we do enforce. I mean, because if you don't respect other people's, you know, rights, then you're infringing on them and, you know, you're in violation. Well, the reason that's important, though, is because by doing that, you're harming them. Right. And if you believe that allowing people to participate in homosexual acts, like getting married— or, you know, contracting with each other is a harm. Or even to society or to a child if they want to adopt. Then it, it becomes, it's easy to see when we should be like, well, we should legislate don't murder. Because murder is clearly a harm. But if you believe that one thing's a harm and the other thing's not a harm, how do you draw the line between legislating some kind of enforcement in the case of murder and not in the case of homosexuality if both of them cause you to burn forever? Well, and, and I've got to, like I said, 
we're going to have to do a whole podcast on 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 the the doctrine of hell and and what it is and what it isn't and what are the uh, uh, possibilities through the texts of scripture. I tend to lean much more towards the idea that hell is a, a relative state. I mean, the, the script, New Testament talks about things like you burn forever and ever. Well, first of all, if that's the case, then you're not burning. It's like the the the, the burning bush. It was clear in the text of Exodus that it wasn't actually on fire. Well, but it's well, suffering. It, there's, no right such, there's no <laughs> such thing as something that burns and never stops. Even the sun will eventually stop burning. When people so, talk about when people talk about burning in the philosophical sense, they they are talking in a phenomenal phenomenology sense they are talking about you know what the pain of burning is it is the experiencing of suffering when people talk about hell they are talking about this idea of the most maximal suffering possible uh, not necessarily it, it could be so, the, the it, 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 uh, jesus by the way speaks uh, like this elsewhere when he says for if you do not hate your father and mother uh the, the obviously, if you listen to all the rest of the stuff he says, he's not actually wanting you to hate your father and mother. It's a qualitative comparison statement where your love of God needs to be in comparison to your love of, of parents so strong that it looks like hate. I wait, believe wait. a lot of the stuff that the New Testament talks about hell, it's using the language of maximal suffering in order to amp up just how important it is for you not to be separated from the love of God. I, I'm which not is offering this as is. a reason to reject religion right now. Right. I, am I know. I'm just, I am, I'm I am my... offering this as a point that there are many people for whom this is real. Mm-hmm. And, and see, it is that's... those people oh, that yeah. call themselves the evangelical block. Well, right. and, and, and I've also I've also got to be fair and say that the idea of a some kind of physical realm that involves some kind of eternal burning is a possibility in, from from the text of Scripture. It, it is in the uh, the domain of, of possible interpretations. I just I yeah. think that Ten theologians, eleven other, opinions, kind of thing. To, yeah, to be and, fair, but I, there's enough other interpretations that I don't necessarily feel like I have to be blocked into a corner of every time we disagree, say, well, are you saying everybody who disagrees with you on this issue is burning in hell forever? Well, see, I don't, I don't, I don't even think, think you believe that at all. I don't think it's necessary even to go that far with it, you know, as far as we don't even have to assume that you believe in a hell, just the very standard alone. Oh, I, I the, believe in hell, but I believe that hell's a relational, I believe but, there's... I, there's some kind of relate. Uh, uh, it, it, it's some kind of separation from the love of God. I don't understand how it works. I don't know understand the phenomenology, right? Because that, I don't think the Bible was to trying me, to really give us those answers. To me, that's all kind of irrelevant uh, because, like, I think just the social harm alone, just the ostracization mm -hmm. of of people, like, just take any any gay man um, mm -hmm. trying to exist in an evangelical mm -hmm. world. I mean. That person is suffering just by the very merit of the belief system they live in, in contradiction with who they are. Right. And I and, and I've, I'm kind of playing behind the eight ball too, because any comparison I try to make is going to sound like, uh, like 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 the, uh, two, uh, uh, episode nineteen. I I was saying uh, the the difference between fibbing and. Uh, and homosexuality and you guys were saying are you saying gay people is just as bad as lying and i had to go no no well no. but you but if you're making the, the implication that they're both wrong was the kind of the point there yeah they're both yeah will they both prohibit you from having a relationship with god if you die 
Mm. No, I, I I don't buy into an idea that if you if if you you have an unconquered sin that that's going to destroy that, that your relationship. Right there. To, You're calling it God. sin though. That like that alone, exactly. that connotation well, is already harmful. We are, but that that's why I'm saying that evangelicalism, because that's a world of which you are a part, you're defining that as a sin, and that is the harm. Yeah, God either gets to uh, define these things or not. And, and if that's God, the thing. If, if God doesn't exist, and then you're, you're arbitrarily yeah, designed. If, if God doesn't exist, though, I'm joining the atheist bandwagon. The the without without fail if if I I don't wait wait hey we got a dichotomy here though God can exist and still doesn't have to define these things right or I Before mean we, yeah yeah that God, particular Aegon God or Zeus or Thor but mm -hmm. an Almighty God the, does, the, still does the not maximal, have to define hell no, or he define does. sin does not it does, yeah. it, it could, what if a god exists does a hell have to exist no, logically you could just cease is to it exist. logically necessary did jesus did he specifically do that do what define like make clear definitions of hell i don't even oh, think no. it matters no jesus exactly. talks more about hell do than you any believe other jesus is god the, yes you believe he's the divinity of the Godhead, Colossians, right? I believe, yeah. I believe he's God the Son, the second person. Well, then, divinity, then yeah. you just contradicted yourself. How so? Yeah. You just said he ha God has to clearly define hell. No, I said God gets to clearly define. If, if, but he if didn't. God, if God clearly defines something but he and we disagree with him, either we're going to, either but we've got to conform to Okay. To, to I, what, 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 what's been revealed, or we're not going to conform to what's revealed. I must have misunderstood you. I think yeah. I thought you said God defines. Yeah. What he? It's not necessary that God create hell. Absolutely not. I mean, in, in in a in a uh, William Lane Craig define you know uh, where he talks about uh, possible worlds. Yes, there's a possible world where there's no hell. Absolutely. I I think. I think my problem is the blind spot that being within the evangelical world creates from within that system, you're defining things that are sinful or harmful without being this, able to demonstrate that harm. This or leads why it's me a to a point I want to make, Thomas. Yeah. This is six if podcasts you, worth of topics. You really, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's why I keep trying to rope it back to evangelicalism. Yeah. If if you thoroughly study the Bible, you live and exist in a, um, a, a community of believers, um, specifically, I would argue, in the evangelical group. And I mean, uh, I'm sure it's in mainline groups and, and various other groups as well. Uh, you could probably find this in any religious group, any religious group, but specifically any kind of evangelistic type religion, you would probably find this. And that is, is based off of your study, theology, and your time in the community, you will accept certain things as truth, and those things will create biases in you, period. And I would argue that no matter how you try to nuance things or how you try to reinterpret stuff, it is gonna lead to you, uh, you know, unconsciously or subconsciously making decisions on how you treat people. 
And that's been the big thing that I've always noticed in all of my church experiences. Um, no matter how loving people were, that was always secondary to the evangelical system. And my problem more than evangelicals is that system that has developed out of the, the practice of evangelism. And that has become a very clear, pinpointed, defined thing since Billy Graham, like you mentioned earlier. Billy Graham brought in the evangelical thing. He changed fundamentalism to evangelicalism, essentially, because it was heading in a bad direction. Well, I think it has now I think it was more of a relabeling. That. Yeah, but I think it's a, somehow that fundamentalist group came back and got their, the new label. Um, but I wouldn't even say that. I think that the evangelical thing was a very covert uh, way of keeping that in step all along. I don't believe in the, the, the traditional Baptist idea of salvation. Like, I, 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 that's putting your faith in a prayer and not in the God that you're praying to. And I believe that salvation, and there are evangelical groups that would agree with this, that if salvation is salvation, it's, it's a it's a process and it is a past present future it's an all encompassing thing it's not a life. it's not a both and it's got to be i mean the, the uh, even billy graham i even heard him he, uh, 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 when billy graham came to kansas city we heard him talk to uh, our leader group and even he admitted he said one of his biggest uh, regrets was that his style of ministry has resulted in so many false conversions people mm -hmm. who think that you just say a magic prayer and Nope, you're done. You're good. I think it, you it, the, the salvation a is a Christian relationship culture. with relation. Salvation is and has to involve a relationship with Christ, but that relationship's got to start somewhere. There's got to be a starting point. And Does so, that, okay, I, here's a, here's an interesting question for you. Does that relationship start in orthodoxy or orthopraxy? Yes. Hmm. You can't have orthopraxy without orthodoxy. And for, for those uh, listening who don't know what we mean, orthodoxy <laughs> is, is, um, basic, is basically uh, sound teaching, and orthopraxy is sound uh, behavior or practice. Or how you practice. Yeah, there you go. Uh, you can have religious practices without a, a, a you know— As, in an accident. Spiritual teaching unless, based unless, around by, unless what you mean by—unless you, you're talking just— at the basic level of being nice to people and, and feeding the poor and that kind of stuff. Of course, uh, thousands of religions throughout history have been able to pull off that. Uh, you don't need a God. You don't need to believe that God exists to do good to people, but, but in order for it to, to matter eternally, you do. I mean, there, there's, there's a lot of study we could have on that one. Okay. Let's, we, let's let's start wrapping up a little bit. I think. <laughs> we get so much ground. Yeah, and it's part of the reason we bounced it, well, around. We did. Let me but start with a final thought. It, it's got to be that way because um, when we're talking about uh, evangelicalism, evangelicalism unfortunately includes the political, but it's so much more than that. It it touches every area of my life, and even the political. 
for, for me, a lot of it has been rejecting evangelical political stances lately, but even there's still a massive effect. And so as we discuss this, it's a, it's a worldview. It's a Christian worldview that, that encompasses my entire experience. So the, it's like an octopus that reaches out with all of its tentacles grabbing all areas of my life. You know, I kind of feel like in a way you're like a, a culture warrior that's trying to seize back the word. Mm-hmm. Like, so, so I'm going to war against my own side? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no you're, you're trying to keep the word pure when it's I hope. very much not. That would be a like, fantastic like, legacy. Like when people who associate evangelicalism with Trumpism, you God. think that that is a misuse of the term. Oh, very much so. And um, you think, and then when Eli is talking about the term, Eli is referring in a great deal to how evangelicalism, the things in evangelicalism that lead it to relate to Trumpism. Well, and, and, and a lot of times when we talk about evangelical churches, do you guys realize just how diverse that is? I oh, mean, I think it's a great you, argument against God. You're talking <laughs> diversity is not a, is, is a diversity of thought is not a, a good argument against God. Right. The, the, but, but as far as, as like evangel- when we when we say evangelical, we could be including prosperity gospel, holy rollers, uh, mm-hmm. King James only people. It, I mean, there's it, all kinds of areas that I wouldn't agree with at all who could right, be called right, evangelicals. Right. Okay, guys, guys, for real though. Yeah. Final <laughs> yep, 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 yep. yep. <laughs> Let's all do right, it. Will? Let me st- let me start because I want you guys to have the final thought on this one because I've had mm-hmm. most of the uh, time here. Uh, All right, sixty I seconds. <laughs> I love you. I I love you guys. You guys are great. I need. I feel like I need to have these uh, connections outside of my faith group to keep me grounded and honest. Um, I was not upset when I heard that <laughs> comment. I just thought it was a comment that needed a little pushback, and we've now used a little over an hour to do that pushback. Um, I will defend Christ. I have very little appetite to defend defend evangelicalism. Uh, have a good night, y'all. <laughs> All right. Who's next? I think that uh, this has been a, an enjoyable conversation. Part of this was like we went all over the place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that is like we all understand that the more we understand each other's metaphysics, the better we're going to identify those points where we can drill down and make some ground in understanding whatever truth is. And I think that we put in a lot of steps in that effort tonight, even though it was quite a bit of a dance. Yeah, it was. Eli? Oh, boy. Um, I want to make it very clear that what I am speaking of in particularly when I speak against evangelicalism is very much the way and the whys and the hows. Uh, I, I don't think you can separate them. And it's very much the entire mechanism uh, of that structure, the, that I, the, those ideas, those metaphysics. I don't think they will survive you know, what's coming. And, and I hope they don't, because I, I really think that the, uh, the Christians that have been part of the church at large or whatever, the, the, the Catholic churches in 
not Roman Catholic, but the whole world, the universal group of no. Christians. Uh, I think they've uh, missed opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to separate Christianity from the state. And uh, I, I believe that you've done a disservice by kind of, and I'd love to talk about it more. I wish we could have, but um, we the will. Gnostic, there were many Gnostic groups that were deemed heretics hundreds of years after they existed. Um, but meanwhile, in the midst of their existence, were not deemed such, and were only deemed such through, uh, you know, Christianity becoming a, a, a nation state empirical or uh, not, not empirical, imperial religion. Okay. So mm-hmm. my, that's my big beef. And yeah, you, you need to read some more church fathers. The, the, when the Gnostics were, were bringing their specific teachings, there was immediate pushback. That wasn't something that came mm, 300 years later. See, no, but you already messed up because when you say Gnostic, Whoa, there's about this 50 is a final different. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no Gnostic, more debate. But you can't, you we'll stop just have to agree to pick this up roar. again. Yeah. Yeah. But what I want to say is evangel- you said evangelicalism is like your framework. I think there are better Christ Christian is my frameworks. framework. Yeah. Well, I, ho- I hope so. But I think there are better yeah. options in the faith that are true to the faith and they can be true to the bible as well yeah even evangelical is just an uh, an unfortunate term that as of right now is just the 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 best way to describe uh a a certain way of interpret a certain a certain hermeneutical orthodoxy and orthopraxy way of 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 addressing of of approaching the christian faith that uh, that that compares and contrasts you with uh, Eastern Orthodox, Roman Catholics, and liberal Protestants. Mm-hmm. It, unfortunately, it's a very loaded term. Right. Yeah. One well, I think I think there's of... a be- I think there could be a better way, or there needs to be a reforming, um, and we'll see. Unfortunately, I don't have a big enough pulpit. <laughs> <laughs> I I agree with Will. I very much appreciate and enjoy pushback where I can get it um, because I, I like to be held accountable too to my views. So anytime someone expresses a disagreement, I, I appreciate that because it, it keeps me accountable. Um, kind of my walk away uh, from this particular conversation, my background is from the evangelical church. Uh, so I existed in that culture uh, for the first part of my life. Um, some of my research and just learning about different subjects, um, outside of that world, uh, caused me, cause I, I first lost the belief that it was actually true, but now I'm actually of the opinion that a lot of those ideas are actually necessarily harmful. I don't know that I would go quite so far as to say that, you know, they necessarily result in mental illness, but I will say, my personal position is that I, I think they're harmful, but that's an opinion. Um, but uh, I think it was a really fun conversation. Um, it definitely did challenge. It caused me to think about some of the, the positions that I have. I, I've not entirely backed away from it, but um, it, it did give me some time to reflect and, and maybe form some more nuance to my uh, some of my views. So I appreciate you coming on, Will. I uh, really appreciate you taking your time and, and uh, coming and talking with us. 
Yeah, and to support you guys one last time, you, the the uh, the statement. While it, there there was a universal quality to the statement that that mm-hmm. I, I needed to push back on, I don't think you guys are necessarily wrong. I think that shooter in Atlanta, I, I, you've we have to assume at this point that his his particular brand of evangelicalism was a factor. Yeah, I think I think it, you're right. It has to have been a factor in in what he was doing. At least his perception of it. Like, right. Yeah. It's it's right. difficult to imagine that if you pluck that belief out of him, you'd still get the same kind of crime. I I yeah I agree yeah. with you on that. I, yeah, and I think that's a good uh, spot to wrap it up. Um, anyone who wants to be a guest, go to analyzepodcast.com and uh, click on the link. Uh, there's links to other places from there, so you can you can support us various different ways with the Patreon. Um, Facebook page, uh, just search Analyze Podcast if you would like to follow the show. Otherwise, we appreciate you spending your time with us and enjoy your rest of your day and we'll see you again next week. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Will. No, thank you, guys.